But Happy New Year to all of you. I am so blessed to be uh, back with you guys. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Matthew Augusto. Um, I pastor City Church, and we meet here uh, in the uh, afternoons at 4.30. And um, Pastor Daniel asked if I'd uh, come and, and fill in for him uh, while he's out. So I'm honored, uh, and I always love being with you guys. Uh, update about uh, our family. Um, the last time I was here and the last time I spoke, I shared that my daughter was going to have surgery. Uh, and she did. She had the surgery. The surgery went very, very well. And uh, right now, um, there's still, they said it's going to be about a six months of the complete healing because it was all inside. Um, it was all in her throat and, and all in her nasal uh, uh, cavity and things like that. And they're saying they're really wanting to uh, let the swelling go all the way down. Uh, but everything looks great. So thank you guys. Praise God. And thank you for your, your prayers. You'll probably see her after church. She's the little redhead, the little four-year-old redhead that'll probably be running around and, and uh, almost maybe tripping you. So that's her. You can thank, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but today um, I've just been, you know, thinking now that it is a new year, uh, the year 2020, and, and we're kind of starting even a new decade, which just sounds crazy to me even to think about. You know, I, I think to myself, what are the things that I desire, uh, you know, to change in myself? What are the things that I don't want to uh, do that I did, you know, in the previous years or, the, you know, the things that were tripping me up last year or, or hindering me or whatever it is? What is it in 2020 you know, that, that I want to change about myself. And, and I always, always, always kind of come to the conclusion, come to the very, you know, kind of heart of the issue is that I want to draw closer to God. It, would you agree with me in that statement? My, my, the, my only objective really is to get closer and closer to God. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like there are obstacles uh, and, and, and things in my way that are, that are trying to trip me up. And so I kind of have this visual, and if you don't mind me kind of, uh, you know, showing you what I'm seeing in my head, I picture that, you know, me, but you also standing on this side of the stage, and, and Jesus is over on the other side of the stage. And all of this stuff is in the way, but, he, but he's beckoning you over. He's saying, you know, hey, come on over, and you, you keep looking, you're, you're really focused on all of the, the, the things in between you, but yet he, you know, he still calls us over. And really what he wants us to do and what he's desiring from us is he's desiring us for us to you know, remove those things. In fact, sometimes he will remove it for you, right? He will, if, if, we, if we trust in him and, and if we obey him, sometimes those things we're able to you know, kind of move out of the way and we're able to slowly draw. So, sorry, Robbie, I know I just completely messed your, your thing up here. But as we get closer to him, and you know, we have to think about all of these things that are in the way, but Jesus wants to remove those things out of your path, the things that trip you up. And what are they? Fear, right? Anxiety, you know, worry. Maybe it's sickness, maybe it's, it's sin, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is that those things that just seem to always be in the way of us. Every time that a new year starts and you look forward and you think to myself, man, I, uh, today, this year's the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become so close with God that, that I, you know, I'm going to be like, you know, good old, you know, what was it, Enoch in, in the Bible where I just walk with him and then one day I've disappeared, right? I always think that, man, I'm going to get so close to God, I'm just going to disappear, you're not going to know where I went. 
you know, be like the Old Testament type of, you know, thing happened. Where did, where did Pastor Matthew go? But it never happens, right? It never happens. The, the weights of the world just kind of start to weigh you down, and, and all of a sudden your focus just like Peter, by the way, your focus goes from being on Jesus to all of a sudden looking at the waves and the water around you and going, wait a minute, what's going on? And start, you look at your situation, and then what happens? You start to drown. But yet Jesus is there every single time to reach in, grab us by the hand, and pull us back up. What I love about that story about Peter is that if you think about it, he walked out to Jesus, correct? He had to have taken several steps and said he walked on water for a bit before he started drowning. Well, how do you think Peter got back in the boat? Jesus picked him up and they walked on water back to the boat. We, don't kind, of, we kind of address the first part of the story. We kind of forget that the miracle still happened, that Jesus still pulled him out of the water. And despite his doubt, despite his fear, Jesus still pulled him up and they walked back and climbed in the boat together. Amazing, huh? Amazing. It kind of makes us... You know, maybe feel a little bit better that, you know, it's not just at the end that, oh, we drowned and oh, shame, shame, shame. And oh, Peter, you messed up. No, Jesus is still there to pick us up and we can still walk on water with him. So I want to talk to you guys today, though, this idea of kind of drawing closer to God. And one of the things that I have encouraged my church to do and and we're doing currently is a 21 day fast. To be honest with you, that's just one of those ways to to clear the the things out of the way that stumble and trip you up. The things that just kind of seem to get in the way of of that closer relationship with God or or those things that get your focus off of, you know, desiring more of Jesus. So we've decided that, that we're going to fast and, and, and we're going to seek the Lord and we're going to ask God, God, what do you have for us as your people? What do you have for 2020? What do you have for us this year? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to operate? And, and what are the things that you want us to go out and do for your kingdom? I want to read this scripture for you. It's in Jeremiah 29, 13. I'll have it up here on the the screen as well. It says this. It says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I love this scripture because it says that if we go and search for him, we will find him, especially if we're doing it with all of our heart, right? Right? We're, We're not just kind of throwing up those you know, prayers of, oh, you know, Lord, the traffic's bad, you know, get me through this, God, you know, not those types of prayers, but really when we, when we pause and we really go seek the Lord and he makes a promise with you that when you seek him, you will find him. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how spiritual you think you may be. You know, just because you don't have the title of reverend or pastor or, or prophet in front of your name, it says that if you seek God, you will find him. And I love that because it makes someone like me feel that I can go to God and he will hear me. He will hear my cries. When, I, when I'm praying for my daughter's surgery, that he will listen. Right? Amen? One of the most important ways that we can get to know him better is by spending time with him. 
Prayer is not just giving God a list of our needs and wants. Our prayer life should consist of worship, praise, thankfulness, and most importantly, listening to him speak to us, right? I, I, I don't know about you, but I have a problem where I, sometimes I just talk to God and then I say amen and then I kind of go about my day. You don't have to raise your hand, but can anybody relate to that? Hey God, here are my wants, my needs, here's my list. All right, I gave it to you, great, now I'm on. Now by the way, Jesus says, make your request known to me. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. But Jesus is saying, hey, now it's my turn. It's my turn to talk to you. I want to encourage you today. I want to bless you today. I want to lift you up today. I want to heal you today. But sometimes we don't take those moments of just listening to the Lord. And of course, we can listen through his word. You can say, what does the word of God say, right? We can listen. What, what, what is he speaking directly to my heart today? You know, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. What is the Holy Spirit saying? This is, this is you know, drawing closer to God. The, the purpose of having a prayer life is for our faith to grow. How many of you want to grow your faith? I know I do. I know just when I think that my, my faith is it, you know, it is robust and is strengthening. All of a sudden, something comes. It, it, it's almost like clockwork. Something happens that rattles my faith, that makes me start to fear, that makes me start to doubt, that makes me start to turn my eyes, do the Peter thing. Oh, wait a minute. How many of you believe Jesus' words when he said in John 14, 12, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Now, leave that up there for a second. Jesus tells us that greater works will we do. He's talking to the church, really. Even though he's talking to his disciples, he's really talking to his church. You guys, that's us. Even greater works will you do. Well, what are some of the things that Jesus did? Right? What are some of the things that Jesus did? He healed the sick. He casted out demons. He raised the dead. I mean, Jesus did some pretty amazing things. He went around and taught. He, he started building his church. That is what our job is to do. And those are the, some of the ways that he did it, some of the ways he showed God's power, demonstrated here on earth. And then he turns to us, his church, and says, now greater things you will do. Whoa. Wow, God, my faith, I don't know, Lord, I don't know. I mean, can I just be the guy in the back that helps, you know, do, you know I, I don't know. I don't know that I want to, you know, whatever it is. Now, listen, this doesn't mean that every single one of us, you know, will go out and do the same exact thing. We, we all know about the, the idea of the body of Christ. We all have different giftings, but we all need to be with this attitude in whatever it is that we're doing, Amen. Whatever it is that God has called you to, we need to have this kind of boldness. You know what? Jesus did this. I'm going to do it even greater. Not, not in a prideful way, not saying I'm going to do it better than him, but I am going to be obedient to my calling, and I am going to continue to build and advance the kingdom of God. Amen? 
This is this idea of drawing closer to God, this having faith, this, this boldness. I believe that God is always speaking, you guys. I believe he's always talking to us through his word, through his creation, through other believers. The real question is this, are we listening? Are we listening? Are we removing the things that distract us? Right, it's why we even, why we fast sometimes, to remove the distractions. To say, you know what, I don't just live by the flesh, I live by the spirit. So what are those things? I mean, just for a moment, you know, take a a, a brief inventory. What are the things that are in the way of you drawing closer to God or the things that that cause fear and anxiety in you that you would say, man, I I really want to get past those things. I really want to be advancing the kingdom of God. I'm telling you all, I believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon. I know, I mean, I've been hearing that. I've been hearing that being preached, you know, ever since I was a little kid. But man, I'm looking at the world around me and we are really seeing the signs of the times. We are seeing those birth pains that the Bible talks about, where the, the groanings that the Bible talks about. We're seeing it more and more and more, even more frequently, right? Just like birth pains. So here's my point. I don't want to waste any time. There is a community around us. And I want to go after them. And I know you do too. And that's why I believe that we've all even been brought here together as his church is to go after this community. I'm super, super excited about that. I want to take a look at a story that, that, really, that really moves me. The story is about a Roman officer or a centurion. A centurion was a, a, was a captain of, of, you know, a hundred men. So he was someone who, who was, uh, of course, under authority, but he was also someone who, was, who had authority over men. So here's this Roman uh, centurion. He asks Jesus for something, and he, and he receives it. This is what's amazing about it. Jesus was so impressed with him uh, that this is what he said to his followers. He says, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Okay, that has to be, that has to hurt a little, right, the the Jews. Wait a minute, we're we're God's people. And you're saying you haven't seen faith like this in all, all of Israel? This Roman, right? This Gentile? So let's take a look at this story in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, I'll have the, the New Living Translation uh, up here. But let me read it for you. It says this, it says, When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So here's what's amazing about this action. Just I just want to pause with the story. There's some really amazing little tidbits out of this. First of all, here's a Roman, right? A Roman, someone who we would, could assume, right, has his own beliefs, uh, prays to his own gods, definitely as part of this new Roman culture, which was very, you know, the exact opposite of the Jews, the God-fearing people. And here he is, and he cares about a slave. Now, back then, they could do whatever they wanted with their slaves. In fact, if a slave got to the point where he was useless, he could do whatever he wanted with him. If he even wanted to you know, cast him out or, or 
just leave him to die or, or you know, have him, you know, whatever. He could do it. Slave was considered property. And you could do whatever you wanted with your property. But here is this Roman guard, this centurion, who so cares for his slave that he asks, go find Jesus. We're going we're gonna to see what he does. But he says, go find Jesus. So they earnestly beg Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. Now, here we see Jewish people doing something for a Roman. This is, this is interesting, you guys, because the Romans and the Jews, they did not get along. They, they really despised each other, right? I mean, it was a mutual dislike, right? It was a mutual, you know, kind of hatred. They had to live together, but that was about it. And yet here are these Jews doing something for this Roman soldier. They, they, they go on this quest to look for Jesus. And it's interesting, I actually found out as I was kind of doing a little research that the, the Jews actually have this, uh, this thing this, that they could kind of bestow upon people of, uh, of someone who is worthy, right? And, and it's mostly given to a Gentile. It's kind of like an award, but they, they can bestow this award on you that, that you are worthy because you do great things for our, our people. And it's something actually to this day uh, that the Jews still do. Uh, they still find people that are out of their you know, uh, culture, out of their religion, you know, and they would say that, hey, you, you, you like us, you do great things for us, so we're going to be bestow this kind of award on you as being worthy. Well, that's what they were doing to this Roman. They had, they had recognized him as someone as being worthy, and so they thought, you know what, he's done so much for us that we're going to go do this for him. Verse 6, so Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. In that day and age, it, uh, culturally, a Jew never entered a Gentile's home. And yet here was Jesus coming, right? He was going to go to the home of this Gentile, and immediately the Roman officer says, listen, I'm not even worthy. Listen, I, I don't even want to put you out. I don't want to trouble you. You know, I don't, I'm not even worthy to come to you. Very interesting. This is, you know, this Roman officer did not have to act this way. There was something special about him. It says this, just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Completely healed. This story kind of stirs up something inside of me because I, I believe that we could still see these types of things today. I, I, I truly don't believe that this was just something, that these are just great stories from the past, that these things only happened when Jesus was around. 
Because of what Jesus said, and I read the scripture earlier, because of what Jesus said about us, that we would go and do even greater things, that we would be able to, to have this type of faith. And I don't know about you, but this is the type of faith I want. And I'm gonna be very, very honest with you. This is the type of faith I struggle with. I wanna share two stories with you. And they're both contrasting stories. The first story is, is that I uh, was uh, on staff as an associate pastor up at a church in La Habra. And the, uh, the senior pastor and his kind of right-hand man, um, they were gone. So a call came in, and the call was, is would you send one of your pastors down to the hospital? Uh, there is a young lady who is literally dying right now of a flesh-eating bacteria. So guess who got the call? Me. So the call comes in, and the, and the, the secretary picks it up and says, well, we only have one uh, pastor here. We will send Pastor Matthew, and uh, he'll, he'll meet you at the hospital. So she comes, and she gives me the note, and she says, it is up to you to go to the hospital and pray for this young lady. Now, this wasn't even a family that attended our church, so I didn't even know them, okay? So already, I'm anxious, yeah? Already, my anxiety level is up, and I think to myself, oh no, God, I mean, me, right? I mean, so, I, I, so th this is what I do. I, I, I go ahead and I go out to my car, I sit in my car, I grab my Bible, and I open my Bible, and I said, Lord, what are you going to do? What is your will? And I opened it, and to be honest with you, it was a kind of a random opening, but I felt like I heard a scripture in my head, and so I went to that scripture, and sure enough, it was the story of when Jesus heals the leper, and the leper says, Lord, are you willing? And Jesus says, yes, I am willing. So I took that as a sign, and I said, okay, God, are you willing? I'm heading to this hospital, and I'm going to pray over this young lady. So I go to the hospital, I, I, I get checked in, and I meet the family. Again, I don't know them, so I'm introducing myself, and, and you know, tell me really quickly what's going on, and um, they, they don't even quite know how it happened, but uh, she's a young mother, and this was you know, some of their brothers out there telling me she's young, she's, she's a mom, and, and she's got this flesh-eating bacteria that is literally just ravaging her body. She is in a uh, ICU unit, and so I go in with the brothers, and I just said, I read that scripture aloud, and I said, I believe that God is telling me that he wants to heal your sister, so let's lay hands on her. And by the way, I know you're saying why you're going to touch her. She was covered. She had blankets. In fact, she even had, you know, just she was completely covered with stuff, and, and you know, I won't even get into what she looked like, but, and she was looked unconscious, so I even tried to talk to her, and she, she was not talking. They had her kind of sedated. So I, I laid my hands on her. I prayed that prayer of healing over her. I was believing in faith. Uh, her brothers and, you know, were, were kind of with me and believed as well, and, and that was kind of it. Nothing really exciting happened. We, we walked out of the, the hospital room, and um, I just said, okay, keep me updated. Let me know what was going on. And I drove, and I want to let you know, every doubt entered my mind as I was driving away from the hospital. Okay, Lord, and I really was kind of giving it to him at that point. But what was interesting, and I'll just kind of share this little tidbit, was I started to make it about me, right? 
which is so arrogant and prideful that I started to say, well, what will they think about me if this doesn't happen, God? Well, God, if you don't come through, they're going to think I'm a, a fraud or a fake or a phony or what, what not. And to be honest with you, that was absolutely ridiculous. I have learned since then that you just do what God tells you to do, no matter how it makes you look, right? Amen? So the next day, call comes in from the brothers, and they said, she's turned. She's getting better. In fact, the, the doctors are amazed. Uh, they've already pulled her out of the ICU unit, and she's in a, a recovery room now. Uh, we can't believe it. Praise God. And I'm like, oh, wow, praise God. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Right? Now, again, I'm making it about me. Oh, thank you that I didn't look like an idiot. So the next day comes, and um, she's making a, just even more of a recovery. She was out of the hospital within several days. She was back home. That family ended up actually coming to our church, and we ended up baptizing that young lady. It was amazing. It was beautiful. So, yeah, amen. Praise God. Praise God. So let me tell you another story, though, and it doesn't end like that. In fact, this story still to this day uh, rattles me even when I think about it, but I want to share it with you. We had a young man in our church. We had just started the church, and one of the things that we were believing for is that God was, you know, healing people, and so we were praying for people, and, and one of the things that we would do is every fourth Sunday, we kind of called it our healing service, and what all that meant was that we made sure at the end of service that if you needed uh, a healing, that you'd come down and we would pray over you, and so this young man and his young wife heard about this, and they, they came to our church, and he was completely riddled with cancer. So, um, we, you know, he came, and we were praying for him, and we were believing, and, 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 and his, man, talk about a story. It was like a roller coaster. He would, he would go to the hospital, and he'd hear great news, and then he'd go to the, the doctor's, uh, another doctor's appointment and hear terrible news, and basically for like a, a, a year, almost two years, it was just this back and forth, this up and down, this you know, believing that he was going to com be completely healed, and then, you know, just, so finally what happens is he, uh, he actually, um, he got sick. Uh, not sick from the cancer, he just got sick, like all of us would get a cold or the flu during the holiday seasons. He got sick, well, it, they, put him in a, uh, uh, they put him in the hospital, well, he had had a, a, a port uh, from some chemo and stuff that he was on, well, the port got infected, uh, and now he's, he's not even, uh, he's declining, but it has nothing to do with his cancer, it has everything to do with his body can't handle the, the sickness that he's under. So we as a church just like, we raise up, and we're, we're praying, and we're believing um, I take a small group of our leaders and we go over and we are believing that God is going to heal him. I mean, our faith was strong. I brought my, my worship leader. I brought some of our uh, other leaders who just, you know, had that kind of, uh, you know, that power of faith and prayer and all that stuff. And we went and we prayed over him and uh, laid our hands on him. And, and you know, uh, he was in there for several days. And again, it was just like this up and down, up and always oh, getting better. I would talk to his wife. Oh, now today he's declining. So then we started to fast. Well, we're going to fast for this guy. I mean, it was getting that dire. So I believed, I want you to hear me this. I believed in my very core that God was going to heal him. So we went down there, and the wife had just called me, and she said, um, he, he's basically, uh, he has no quality of life. They're suggesting that we... Um, and they can't do much for him because of his cancer 
uh, because of all that stuff, they're just saying we need to take him off all of the stuff um, and let his body take its you know, natural course. Basically, they were going to let him die. So I told the wife, well, what are you going to do? She says, we're going we're to take him off. I, I, I mean, it's the hardest decision I've ever had to make, but he has no quality of life right now. And I said, okay, well, we're coming down to pray. And we're believing. We're believing God's going to do the miraculous. So we go down there. They, they pull all the, the, the stuff off of him. Uh, all of the family kind of goes in and says their goodbyes. The family goes out. Uh, me and my team, we go in with the, the wife, uh, and we just start praying over him. He, he, he literally took his last breaths in front of us. We watched him. We watched him kind of, you know, give up his spirit. And, and, and we were praying. We were believing, Lord, and our worship, te- worship leader was praying, playing some such beautiful music, and, and, and time was just ticking by. Literally, we had somebody walk in and said, how long are you going to do this? How long until you're just going to let him go? And I went from having so much faith in a quick second, I felt like everything was sucked out of me. Every faith that I had believed for my entire life was sucked out of me in that moment. And we walked out of that room feeling so defeated. The young man had passed away. He left a young wife. He left a young son. And our church, our whole entire church was rattled. I had to preach the next Sunday. I did not want to. There was so much emotion in me. There was so much doubt. I actually felt, you guys, I felt like quitting. I felt like walking away because I thought, I'm a fraud. And again, I made it about me. It wasn't about me. I share these two contrasting stories. And I don't mean to to bring you down, but there's something that I've learned from both of those stories. God wants us to be obedient to his word despite the outcome. Because that's my problem, is I always go to the outcome. How is this going to come out, Lord? Because how is this going to reflect on me, right? It's kind of where we go. I want you to know something. In both of those stories, God was glorified. And in both of those stories, those people were healed. Paul was his name. Paul is completely healed, and he is in the presence of God right now. He, in fact, he knows a whole complete new level of wholeness that we won't see until we're in the presence of God ourselves. But I believe, you guys, as much as that rattled me to my very core, I believe that God is still wanting us to have faith, and he's still wanting us to have a boldness that we will still look death in its face and say, death, because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, you have no power here. That's the kind of church that I want us to be, even despite the things that maybe we've all gone through. So really quick, I want to look at what we can learn from the, the Roman soldier. I only have five points here. But the first is he asked. He asked, right? The Roman soldier sought Jesus out and he asked him to heal his servant. He asked. 1 John 5 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Jesus said, you can ask anything in my name. 
anything in my name. We need to not be afraid to ask. What is something, think about it right now, what is something in your life that you're a little fearful of asking? Right, and it's not prideful, it's not like, you know, making yourself, you know, richer and wealthier. Trust me, I prayed all those prayers and I'm still doing the same, nothing's changed. But what is it, right, that, 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 that is God's will, that will advance the kingdom of God, that, that the scriptures say, right? What are those things that we can believe upon? And what are those things that you just simply need to ask and you need to verbalize? You need to even maybe say it out loud. I need to do that sometimes. I think it in my head, but sometimes I need to verbalize it. I need to say it out loud. Don't be afraid. Have a boldness to ask. The second thing is, is that he loved people, the, the, not just Jesus, the, the centurion. It was very obvious that he loved people. You guys, I feel that this is important because if when we think about the greatest commandments, right, the greatest commandments is that to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and then to do what? To love our neighbor, right, as ourselves, to love each other. This is God's command. And this man, this centurion, he loved people. We cannot grow closer to God if we do not love people. Amen? 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now, we just went through the holidays. You probably have a list of people that you're not really in love with right now. Amen? Right? Pretty obvious, right? We all have it. I was just at a family gathering, and I'll tell you right now, I've just got a fresh list of people <laughs> that I'm not too excited about, and they're my family. They're my blood. But God commands us, you guys. He commands us to love one another, not just love the people that are easy to love. Not just love the people, you guys, who are easy to love. We need to love those who are difficult to love. I'm difficult to love sometimes, and God still loves me. My wife still loves me. Praise God. But we need to love. And this centurion showed that. He showed that he loved people, that he had a genuine love for people. The third thing is, is that he proclaimed that he was not worthy. And I, and I bring this up because... You know, obviously there's kind of two sides of this coin, but, but again, this is recognizing that we are sinners and are in need of a savior. This centurion understood his positioning with Jesus, right? The Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. This centurion was not arrogant. He did not see himself as over. He didn't even see himself as equal to Christ. In fact, he completely positioned himself in this place of humility, and he said, I am not worthy. And this is how we need to approach the throne room of God, right? Humble, humbly. We approach the throne room humbly. We put God in his proper place. He's not, he's not our, our buddy, right? He's not something that we just turn to when we need something really quick, right? It's not a fast food, you know, in and out type of, you know, I need to place my order, he is God. He is awesome. He is mighty. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He's all-present. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us 
in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So here's the other side of that coin. I also don't want you to feel like you're worthless. Maybe we're not worthy because of our sin, but you are not worthless. Do you hear me? You are not worthless. In fact, God valued you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, to take your place, to redeem you, right? To buy you back. That's how much he values you. You are not worthless. We are made worthy because of what Christ has done. Number four, his faith. His faith. Let's look at the centurion's faith here for a moment, right? He asked Jesus, in fact, he asked him just to command it. It wasn't kind of a, hey, you know, do you think you could or possibly or oh, I don't know. He just said, Jesus, command it. I believe the minute you speak it, Lord, that it will be done. We need to start operating in that kind of a boldness. If it is the will of God, then let's proclaim it and command that these things shall be done. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Right? Peter, we walk by faith and not by sight. We cannot look around at our circumstances. But I don't know how many times that I get in my week and I start looking at my circumstances. I start looking at the fact that, oh, my daughter needs surgery. Oh, no. We don't even have the, the money to, you know what I mean? I start all of a sudden, all those worries and cares. And by the way, we, we, all, we all do it. We all share in that, right? We start looking at our circumstances and we start, you know, deciding our fate based on that instead of going to God and saying, God, what do you say? What does your word say? What is your will for my life? And obviously, I can stand here now, and you have been able to walk through, even in these last few months, the fact that not only, one, is my uh, daughter healthy and strong, but two, we were financially able to, not even out of our own pocket, pay for all the doctor's bills. So praise God, right? Praise God. Something I was just worrying about and stressing over just a, a few months ago, I'm now praising the Lord that he completely provided. Amen. He answered prayer. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One, if we're going to draw closer to God, and two, if we're really going to be his church, we need to start believing in things that we can't yet see. Amen? The things that we are hoping for. We need to start saying, that is going to happen because God said it was going to happen. Right? God is going to do great things because God said that he would do great things. God is going to use us, his church, because he said greater things well we will do, right? Greater things we're going to do. He said it. I believe it. So I'm going to have faith for it. What is it that you're believing for? What is it right now that you are believing for? You're believing for a healing right now. You're believing that God's going to take care of you. Maybe it's financially, right? Or you're believing you have a loved one that is walking away from the Lord and you've been praying for that loved one every single day and you're believing that they're going to come back. I 
want to encourage you today, and I want to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. As long as there is still breath in us, right? As long as his church is still alive and well, that we are still going to believe for those things. Amen? And here's my last point. He understood authority. The Roman centurion understood authority. We need to understand the authority that has been given to us. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You guys, we have a confidence as his church that Jesus is with us. He's promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. He promised not to make us orphans. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit to guide us to do those greater things that were, that, that were promised to us, to go build the kingdom of God here on earth, right? We need to believe and we need to understand the authority that Jesus Christ has and the authority now that we come under that when we go in his name, right, that we can do all of those things that he says that we can do. That so often, so often I doubt. So often my faith is rocked. So often I want to throw in the towel and quit. I believe that we need never, ever, ever to give up. You may be broken. You may feel like you've made mistakes. You may feel like you've completely fallen apart. But I want to tell you this one encouragement today. Do not give up. God is not done. He is not done with you personally. He is not done with his church. He is not done with us. He is not done doing what he wants to do here on this earth before Jesus Christ comes back. Right? Comes back for us. One more scripture. This is my last one. Luke 9. Starting in verse 1. I don't have this on the, sorry, <laughs> I don't have this one. It says, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them, listen, gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We have been given, right? We have been given our commission. Jesus has told us what we are to do. And I believe this is what he wants from us. He wants us to teach, right? To tell people of the good news. He wants us to disciple. He wants us to baptize. He wants us to heal the sick. He wants people to see his power. And not because of anything that I have done. Not because of anything that I am worthy of. 
but simply that we trust God and that we are obedient to what he tells us to do and then we act in that authority. That's what he's asking from us, his church. And that is what I believe for us. And that is what I want to encourage you in. God is not done with you and his authority rests upon you to do those things. So as we conclude, what is it that you are believing for? What is it that you want to see God do? What is it that God has said he would do that you just need to build your faith a little stronger in? I want to pray for you. Will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me? just want this to be a private time between you and the Lord. I want to ask this question first. If you have never, ever, ever given your heart to Jesus Christ, this is the perfect time. He wants to change your life. He wants to cleanse you of your sin. The Bible says that you will become a new creation. If you have never received the forgiveness of sin, and you would like to do that right here and right now, you would like to give your heart and your life to God, will you just simply lift up your hand? Will you simply look up at me so that I can praise you? Thank you. Praise you. Thank you. God sees you. God hears you. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer, okay? And I want you just to pray this to yourself. Just say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died, you conquered death, and that you rose again for me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. And Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can walk in your love, so walk in your grace. And Lord, also I can walk in your authority. Father God, I thank you for those who have given their hearts today. Here's my second question. You're believing for something. You've been praying for something. You've even kind of labored over thinking about this. But if you are believing and you are standing in faith for those things that you're praying about, would you stand to your feet right now? Would you just stand to your feet right now and say, that thing I'm thinking about, that prayer I'm praying, I'm standing right now on that word that God says he will do what he says that he will do. Amen. Amen. Lord, would you answer prayer right now? Would you heal the sick in Jesus' name? Father, we are believing. We are stepping out in faith 
We are stepping out in your authority, Lord. Would you do the things that you said you will do? Would you help us, Lord God, even in in the midst of our own doubt, our own fears, our own worries, Lord God, that we would not give up believing and asking and praying and seeking you. Because ultimately, it's not about me, it's about you. Can I ask this? If you need a physical touch this morning, would you raise your hand? If you see someone with their hands raised around you, will you go lay hands on them right now? We're going to pray for those who need a physical touch. Raise your hand. If you need a physical touch this morning, raise your hand. I see one over here and I see one over here. If you are around someone who's got their hands raised, would you just lay hands on them? The Bible says to lay hands on the sick and that they will recover. healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you for your power and your might. Jesus, we thank you that by your stripes we are healed. So I pray you would heal us today for those of us who are asking for it, Lord God. You said when we seek you, we will find you. So Lord, heal right now in Jesus' name. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Praise you. I want to say something that I said, have said to you before as a congregation, and I want to say it again because I feel it strongly. God is not done with you. He is not done with you. In fact, I believe that you all are going to see amazing things that God wants to use this church. God wants to use you. Be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged this morning that if you're simply available, God's gonna work through you. There is a whole community. There are some amazing churches that are meeting on this campus and I truly believe that God has brought us all together to do something great. Because we couldn't even do it on our own. But together I believe we can do amazing, amazing things.